Welcome to the Soft Life with Sadie Baddies. Sadie Baddies is the antidote to mental health stigma, and this podcast is hosted by yours truly, Priscilla O. Adjman. We are a virtual sanctuary centering Black and multiracial people, and we prioritize the mental and emotional nourishment that is the foundation of collective healing in our communities. Thank you for being here. Welcome back to the Soft Life Baddies. Happy New Week. Whether it's Tuesday, which is the day this will be released, or another day in the week, I hope that this week treats you with softness and ease as much as possible. I know for a lot of us, the new year can be really intimidating and overwhelming and not really know where to start. But honestly, your presence alone is enough. And I appreciate all of the love and the growth that we've been getting and receiving on the podcast. A lot of you are joining and tuning in and listening because you might have seen us on TikTok or somewhere else on social media. And I just want to give you a big warm welcome. So feel free to catch up on all the episodes while you're here. So last week's episode was really interesting and I loved sharing our topic on liminal spaces and dealing with growing pains and adulting and transitions and changes in life. So many of you reposted and reshared and also reached out directly to The Soft Life and me and said how much this episode helped you because it provided you with some language around what you were experiencing yourself. And actually one of our community members Allie, um, who also goes by your girl Allie on social media, who she's an amazing writer and creative. And she um, actually gave us an amazing shout out in her newsletter that she sends out every single month. And just really appreciate all the amazing connections that we're making and the dots that are being connected by sharing the podcast every single week. So again, thank you for sharing. And as you know, if you ever feel like I'm speaking directly to you or anything resonates, always feel free to let us know. DMS, I absolutely live for this. Trust me, if you reach out, I will respond. We will respond. And I just love hearing from you and this community that's thriving and growing so much. So this week's episode is a topic that I've been wanting to talk about for some time, and I have touched on this in other areas and other ways through Saddy Baddies. But this week's topic is all about healing, nurturing, and tending to your inner child and your inner teen. And I want to talk about this because I think a lot of us are on various points of our journeys and whether you choose to go to therapy or not or whether you have been reading all the books and meditating or whatever healing looks like for you because it's not one size fits all one thing I do observe is that healing your inner child or doing inner child work is a big part of that process no matter where you are in this journey and I think because Our inner child is something that every single one of us has, no matter where we are in our life, no matter where we grew up, every single one of us has an inner child. And what does your inner child look like? What is your inner child? How does it affect your healing journey or how does it affect the person that you are today? So we're going to dive deep into that. 
and talk about your inner child, also your inner teenager, which is very similar to your inner child, but a little bit different. And then we're also going to be talking about ways to connect, to nurture your inner child, and also share some um, action items and steps and affirmations and things that have helped me a lot as well as other people that I know. So the inner child is the part of ourselves that we tend to neglect as we mature. And just like it sounds, your inner child is the part of you, the childlike version of you. It's the innate, youthful nature in us that we often outgrow as life and work and responsibilities and trauma and challenges occur in our lives. So as we become inundated with these responsibilities, these expectations and unrealistic standards from society, our inner child can be really hard to recognize and embrace as we get older. Sometimes it can feel like our inner child just seems farther and farther away from the person we are today. What was before a vivid representation of your lightheartedness and your joy can develop into just a shadow of that version of ourselves. And in this shadow is where self-doubt, fear, anxiety, sadness, loneliness, and insecurities can erase the vibrancy of our inner child. So when I think about my inner child, I think about four or five-year-old Priscilla who had the biggest eyes in the world, literally, huge eyes, big head, little body, um, (laughs) brown skin, and really, 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 really sassy. Very, had a huge attitude. I mean, my mom will tell you a bunch of stories. My parents will share a bunch of stories about how I was as a kid, but I, I was a talker and that's probably why I have a podcast right now because I loved talking. Um, I felt like I had so much to say. I had so much to share. I was fascinated with the world. I would spend hours and hours outside climbing trees and forcing my sister to climb trees with me and helping her, you know, get to the top of the tree, Um, digging up worms in the backyard, being outside, getting cuts and scars on my legs from running around with my my sister and my my cousins and my friends in my neighborhood. And I was the kid who always had two front teeth missing um, when I was a kid. And just I was full of wonder. And I, I really love that version of myself because she was so carefree. She didn't give a damn. She didn't care what anybody had to say. She just really wanted to be her own person. And I always remember parts of me and that curiosity that I had, which led me to be interested in things like art. And once I realized that I could paint and I was actually good at painting or I was actually good at drawing, I became obsessed with it. So I had all the coloring books. My, my parents were really supportive of me being artistic and creative. So they would get me coloring books and crayons. And if you know, you know, the 64 crayon box, that was like the elite crayon box you could ever get. And eventually it got that. And I was very happy to have that as a kid. And I just really loved being creative. I loved arts and crafts. I loved reading, science, all those things. I was just so intrigued by the world around me. Really, really, I was less of an observer observer, and I was more of a active participant in my own inner world. Um, I mean, it, it went as far as like I would be drawing on the walls in my house. My parents are not 
okay with that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know any parents that were would be happy about that. Um, their kids drawing up on all their walls in the in their house. But my parents um, did see that spark in me and they encouraged me to take art classes and I, you know, did dance classes and I played. Uh, I wasn't really big into sports, but I did attempt, you know, to play sports here and there. But I was mostly an art, an artsy kid. Um, and I think it's it's so interesting how when you ask somebody about their inner child or who they were as a kid, their eyes, their eyes kind of light up and, you know, they get, you know, really talkative and they get really excited to share about, oh, when I was a kid, I loved this and I loved that. And it shows us that that part of the part of us is still there. You don't your inner child doesn't just die. Um, you know, your inner child is still alive within you. Even if you don't do the same things you did or you don't have the same interests you had as a kid, your inner child is still that vivacious part of you that makes you excited for life. Um, and then over time, you know, sometimes we can just get more and more distracted or feel more disconnected from our inner child. But that part of us is always there. Your inner child is the most simplistic version of you also. It's the version of you that recognizes joy, that finds beauty in the small pleasures of life. And it's the version of you that's often most carefree and create in the most creative portion of your soul. So I'm a firm believer that everybody is creative, no matter how or what your medium of creativity is. Everybody has a part of them that is creative. And I think that's also where our inner child is probably most comfortable because creativity is a form of self-expression. It's a form of connecting with other people and creativity for a lot of people is their birthright. You know, a lot of artists are they live and and die and breathe their art and their creativity. And a lot of that is something that is intrinsic in them and has been intrinsic in them since they were kids. So keeping our inner child alive allows us to heal in a lot of ways. It allows us to address the trauma that we might have faced during childhood, and it helps us to maintain joy and positivity, which can give us hope during darker times in our lives. Also, your inner child is has that innate ability to connect to our source or God or the universe, which is the giver of life. And being able to connect to that source without hesitation or without, you know, feeling misguided and just having that faith and trust. A lot, of, a lot of that does come from our inner child being able to trust that things are being guided and things are going to work out because there is a higher power that is looking over us, whether that is God for you or another higher power. And of course, your inner child is the most fun part of you. It's the part of you that has the most fun, that is able to embody pleasure. It's able to make life more enriching, entertaining, and exciting for us. So that's kind of a, a framework and a, an image of what our inner child is and who our inner child is. Again, it's going to look different on everyone. If you were a really quiet kid, Maybe your inner child is the part of you with you live with roommates or you live with a partner and you don't like people talking to you first thing in the morning. Maybe that was you as a kid. Who knows? It doesn't matter what the personality type. It's just it's the part of you that kind of just sticks throughout your life. 
So let's talk about your inner teenager. So your inner teen is very similar to your inner child. But as we know, your teenager self is a little bit older, a little bit more rebellious sometimes. And your inner teen can also be sometimes the version of you that's suppressed. Depending on your identity and your upbringing, your inner teen can be the person or the part of you that you try to hide or maybe even the part of you that you resent. Maybe as a kid, you grew up and you were bullied or maybe you grew up in an environment that wasn't really comfortable or safe for you. Or maybe you grew up as a teenager in as an area or a school where no one looked like you and you felt like an outcast. So the inner teen is a little bit more sensitive in those ways and a little bit more complex, but there's a lot of overlap. And there is an amazing article from um, Well and Good, who we love. They're a wellness platform and business as well as a podcast. Um, and actually, one of the articles that I found on their website is from Meg Josephson. And she is an integrative therapist. And she talks about your inner teenager. And she wrote in this article or shared in this article that the inner teenager, on the other hand, from the inner child, is developed enough to see or start intellectually understanding what went on in their childhood and what's happened currently. Healing the inner teenager is more about allowing them to safely express feelings and emotions that they were told to suppress as they started to make sense of their reality and accepting them for who they truly are. So your inner teenager is like the older, slightly more aware, self-aware version of the inner child. Your inner teenager may not be as carefree or as delightful or happy as your inner child, but they are definitely aware of what's going on around them. And maybe they're even cautious of what's going on around them, depending on what your situation was when you were a teenager, whether you had parents that really loved and poured into you and cared about you and and made sure you were really happy and comfortable, whether you didn't have parents at all, or you lived with a guardian or your parents were, you know, actually really destructive to your upbringing. Your inner teenager is aware of that and your inner teacher your inner teenager has memories that inform your inner child and who you are as an adult today. So, I want to talk about some of the ways that we minimize the inner child. So, one of the ways that we minimize or shrink or ignore the inner child is by not embracing the spontaneity in our lives. When we are fixated on an outcome or a result, we are really not letting our inner child breathe. Because think about the times in your life when you were a kid and you really wanted to do something random. Like I know for me, and my mom or dad and I was in the car with them and we were driving somewhere and I spotted McDonald's or I spotted a place I wanted to go. I'd be like, pull over, pull over. Let's go. Let's just stop by. And they're like, girl, please. We're not stopping by. What are you talking about? And I'm like, why can't y'all just be fun? Like, why can't y'all just go with the flow? Like that part of you that's just spontaneous and just able to 
do things on a whim and be, you know, have things be unplanned. And to an extent, obviously, as an adult, we can't have everything in our lives be spontaneous. But there are moments where spontaneity is awesome. And especially when it comes to our relationships with our friends, our family, our loved ones. Some of the best moments that I've had in my life with my friends or my man has been when we're very spontaneous and it really makes you enjoy and appreciate those moments in your life even more. Another way that we shrink or minimize the inner child is by ignoring our desire to enjoy life at our fullest. So when we look at life as just a list of responsibilities or, oh, I didn't do anything this weekend for myself or you refuse to take breaks or give yourself an opportunity to rest or you just give yourself the short end of the stick all the time, that is another way that we're minimizing our inner child because our inner child thinks anything is possible. Our inner child wants to go to the birthday party and eat all the cake and be at Chuck E. Cheese and dance on stage and do all the things. And when we constantly tell ourselves, no, we can't do that. No, I can't do that. You're really ignoring their your ability and your desire to live life to your fullest. So again, that kind of goes hand in hand with spontaneity, but it's less about the timing of it. And it's more about understanding that you are deserving of having a full life and having a life that is memorable and exciting and creating memories for yourself, not for anyone else, but for yourself and being able to enjoy those pockets of joy that we can create on a daily basis if we choose to. Another way that we minimize or shrink the inner child is by bombarding ourselves with obligations without rest, play, or creativity. Now, I know a lot of us struggle with saying no, and some of us are probably also going through a journey of learning how to incorporate rest as a practice, as a wellness practice, and not just as a, okay, I have to go to sleep, but truly learning how to rest and how to invite leisure into your life or invite play or invite moments of creativity. So when we give ourselves a jam-packed schedule or we bite off more than we can chew and we don't ask for help, we're really cutting off the ability to give ourselves space to rest, to relax, to regroup. And one thing that your inner child needs is rest. I mean, literally, if you've ever been around a kid that's under the age of five, most of the time, they're going to have to take a nap at some point of the day. I mean, when you're in preschool, you had to take a nap because kids are not meant to stay up all day long running around on E. You have to take time to rest and regroup. And giving ourselves a chance to rest and to regroup is a way to heal and connect with our inner child. I mean, rest is a completely revolutionary act, especially as a black person, especially as a person of color. Resting is is so sacred, but in its simplest form as well, rest is so necessary because if children need to rest, and we don't give ourselves as adults chances to rest, how are we really pouring into ourselves? How are we really refilling our cup? So 
bombarding ourselves and not giving ourselves any breaks or jam-packing your weekend or jam-packing your your calendar is one way that we take away from being connected to our inner child. Another way that we minimize or shrink the inner child is by hyper-focusing on the negative aspects of life. I don't know about you, but when I was six, seven, eight, or even older than that, I thought anything was possible. I really did. I, I felt like if I wanted to go to the moon tomorrow, I could make it happen if I really wanted to. I really felt like the world was limitless. And as I got older, I realized quickly, mm, there's a lot of limits actually. But when we hyper-focus on the negative aspects of life, we really take away from experiencing moments of joy or moments of softness or moments of ease. And I know it can be really difficult to experience moments of happiness and joy when we have a world that reminds us every single day that things are not calm. (laughs) Like shit is not sweet, okay? We have a pretty dark world. And sometimes it can feel really dark and overwhelming, but we also have, I know personally, and I know for as a collective, there are moments of joy. There are moments of happiness. If you've been with your friends for, you, it's like seeing a friend that you haven't seen in a, in a few weeks or maybe in even a couple months. And then when you see them, it's like, oh, life is worth living again. This is why I'm alive. It's just to see my friends. It's to spend time with my loved ones, spend time with the people that I feel good around. And that is focusing and being present on the positive aspects of life. Um, Because I think we're all very aware that life is not perfect and it's not sweet all the time. However, when we can create those moments of light, of softness, of joy, of ease, that is when we can sit and really rest in the present moment because we're not constantly fearing what's next or what happened before. Um, Also, by not acknowledging or honoring the younger versions of ourselves, we're shrinking and taking away from the inner child every time we do that. So one thing that I always do is when I feel like I'm overwhelmed, or I feel like I'm doubting myself. I think about what five-year-old me would say or 10-year-old me or 15-year-old me would say. And I have so much curiosity and I have so much respect for those younger versions of myself because even though, you know, at 30 years old, I'm a completely full-grown adult with responsibilities and all the things, I do think that Connecting with my inner child allows me to see the good in in my situation if I'm really going through it. It also allows me to do some self-soothing. So if I feel really anxious, one thing that I like to do, and I, I've also seen um, some folks on, on social media and TikTok specifically talk about this practice that I, I didn't even realize other people, you know, found this to be helpful too, which I think is beautiful, but... It's like talking to yourself like you would if you were five years old and reminding yourself you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You are going to figure it out. You are safe. You are capable and you're going to be fine. And sometimes I literally have to do that because we can really lose sight of what is what is our fear telling us versus what is the situation at hand, right? So 
acknowledging and honoring the younger versions of ourselves, keeping ourselves safe, making sure that we are safe and prioritizing emotional safety, physical safety, financial safety, all the types of safety is one way that we can honor our younger versions of ourselves because children are precious and they are worth protecting and they deserve safety and they deserve security. And when we give ourselves the same type of attention and focus of wanting to protect and make sure that we are safe in all aspects of our lives, it allows us to really be more mindful and intentional about the decisions that we make. Um, And that's a practice that I've been doing for a while and it's really helped me in some of my scary moments and I hope that it helps you too. Um, And another way that we shrink and minimize the inner child is by letting other people influence our self-perception. So... When we're children, we have an idea of who we are. We have colors that we love. We have hairstyles that we love. We might speak a certain way or we might be into certain different types of media, TV, books, whatever it is that you're interested in. Letting other people influence you to the point where you no longer know what you even like or you no longer know if that is even intrinsically interesting to you or you're just trying to be someone that you're not when you don't know who you are or you lose your sense of self you're also losing that sense of self that comes from your inner child knowing exactly what they want and knowing exactly who they are for example my partner and I were talking about how sometimes people can change themselves um, whether it's in friendships or in relationships But sometimes people allow so much influence um, to come into their lives, especially if you are in a relationship. You can really lose sight of who you are and you can lose sight of your values and you can lose sight of your morals if you let that happen. And we were sharing how it's so important to hold true to your values because a lot of times your value system is shaped from when you were a kid. A lot of times your value system is shaped when you're really young and a lot sometimes it's passed on from our parents. But when you're a young kid, you have an idea of what's right and wrong. You have an idea of what you're comfortable with and what you're not comfortable with. And the more you allow people to influence your self-perception and influence the things that you already know to be true or that you know are part of your values and not listening to that part of yourself that is already aware of those things, you can just, you can really lose sight of who you are. So those are some of the ways that we can minimize our inner child. And similarly, we can also minimize our inner teen in all of these ways that I just mentioned and more. However, your inner teen, you can also minimize your inner teen by not embracing your quirks and your uniqueness and that kind of also goes hand in hand with letting other people influence your self-perception when you're a teenager you're 13 14 from the ages of 13 to 17 or 13 to 18 when you're a teenager you you may be not fully able to embrace 
all the things that make you weird and all the things that make you quirky and unique because other people may not see the value in that. But that is why you have to be the one to validate yourself. You have to be the one to remind yourself that you're worthy, remind yourself that you are deserving of love, of tenderness, of safety, no matter what, no matter what your quirk is, no matter what unique your uniqueness is. And I think that's one thing I love about this Gen Z generation is that they are fully embracing of their quirkiness. They're fully embracing of their uniqueness and they don't let people or the media or any outside influences shake the fact that they are who they are and they show up fully as themselves. And I'm so happy that we're moving towards being more inclusive because I know when I was a teenager, there was a lot of things that were considered very uncool and not only uncool, there were things that just by you showing up as yourself, you could really feel neglected and isolated from your peers and that loneliness can really eat away at you. So and not embracing your quirks and your uniqueness and not just owning them can really push away that inner teen that is just dying to be seen. Your inner teen deserves that validation too. Maybe there was something that you wanted to do as a teenager, like you really, really loved playing the clarinet and everyone thought you were a weirdo because who plays that at 16 years old and everyone's out, you know, hanging out, having sex or driving or doing whatever they're doing when they're teenagers and you're just over here playing clarinet. Like... (laughs) If you love that, if that's your quirk or you have something that makes you a little bit weird, embrace that. Embrace that shit because that is what's going to make you stand out at the end of the day. And whether maybe it's your parents, maybe you have features that are really hard for you to accept. Learning how to accept your features and learning how to accept yourself exactly how you are is really going to allow you to it's going to give you so much room and space because instead of you fighting yourself and fighting literally the natural person that you are it's going to allow you to embrace that and it's going to make life so much easier when you're able to just own it when you own it It's harder for people to make fun of you or people to judge you when you are already owning that part of you that other people want you to hide or maybe you've been trying to hide yourself. And another way that we shrink the inner teen is by using a lot of negative self-talk. So talking down on ourselves, having self-deprecating humor. I know that that's kind of a trend. It's kind of like the thing now is to kind of make fun of yourself or make really, you know, kind of dark humor jokes about yourself. And I think to an extent, it's 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 funny, it's normal, it's, you know, casual. But at the same time, you don't want to become this person that wears their insecurities on their sleeve and allows other people to, you don't want to become a human punching bag for other people as well. So being able to speak to yourself with kindness and looking at yourself with kind eyes, looking at yourself with kind eyes, And remembering that every time you speak negatively about yourself, every time you insult yourself, you're also insulting the five-year-old version of you. You're also insulting the 13-year-old version of you that probably just wanted to fit in. So remembering that and honoring the younger versions of yourself always, no matter who you are today, 
remembering that there's a part of you that is still sensitive, that is still naive, that is still a little bit quirky and appreciating that version of you and allowing it to grow with you as you develop and become a full-grown adult. Another way that we shrink the inner teen is by not honoring our own boundaries. So I think one thing that teenagers are very good at is stating what they like and what they don't like and setting their boundaries. When you're a teenager, whether you are shy or you're outspoken or whatever your personality type is, when we're teenagers, this is probably our first experiences in setting boundaries. So you, you might be setting boundaries with your parents when you're a teenager or with your friends or with other people in your life that you interact with on a regular basis. And when we don't honor our own boundaries, we're also neglecting that part of our inner teen who probably needed some boundaries. There's a reason why there's a drinking age. There's a reason why there's an age to do certain things in our society because we need boundaries as humans and we need boundaries as young adults. So having boundaries honored is a way to not only keep ourselves safe, but also to honor the younger version of ourselves that also needs to have those boundaries emotionally, mentally, physically. Okay, so now that you know a little bit more or a lot more about healing your inner child or what your inner child is and what your inner teen is, let's talk about some of the ways that you can start to invite and nurture your inner child. So some of the things that I want to share here, I'm actually going to include some of these journal prompts exclusively in our newsletter. So if you want to download some of these journal prompts, all you have to do is sign up um, for our newsletter at sadiebaddies.com. And then you can just click the prompt to sign up for our newsletter and you will Get these journal prompts directly to your inbox so that you can write them in your journal at home. So if you're not signed up, takes two seconds, highly suggest, highly recommend because this is all part of the conversation as well. So some of the con- the affirmations um, that I used to practice a lot when I was doing a lot of inner child healing and inner teen healing was writing down these affirmations. And the first one is, I am developing into the person I needed when I was younger. When I was younger, I think I had, I would say I had good role models around me, but there was always an element of me that wanted to have a role model of of a person that was doing the things that I thought were really cool. And your parents are there to protect you. They're there to nurture you and take care of you, but they're not necessarily there to be your friend. They're not necessarily there to show you super cool things and, you know, be entertaining to you. They're really there to protect you. But what I needed as when I was younger was I needed a role model of a woman who could show me that when you put your mind to something and when you are intentional about something and you have the support in the community and you have the discipline, things will flourish from that. And you can do all of that and beyond with softness. You don't have to be so hard on yourself. I really needed that person when I was younger. And I think I am that, I know I am that person now for younger me. 
another affirmation that I worked with a lot was always telling myself that I am worthy and accepting of limitless joy. That again goes into the wonder, the the curiosity, the creativity that is our younger self and reminding myself every day that I'm worthy of that and I'm accepting of it, meaning I invite life and its opportunities and its mysteries and its (laughs) serendipities to allow limitless joy to enter my life on a daily basis. Another affirmation that I loved was I have time for rest, for play, and for creativity. When I started using this affirmation as a way to really plan out my days and to embrace those moments of stillness, I changed my relationship with rest and I realized that rest is something that is so important and I cannot do anything without including rest in it. So for me, that means, you know, maybe saying no sometimes. And if I can't show up to something because I know I'm going to be exhausted or I am exhausted, I learn how to say no. And that's also honoring and keeping myself fulfilled and safe and and safe and satisfied, but also making sure that my inner child knows that you don't have to push against your boundaries every single time just to make someone happy and not having to people please um, to make other people happy. And then also creativity and play. I, like I mentioned, am an artist at heart and I'm somebody that will always love art and practice art. But one thing that I used to do that I I haven't done in so long was just like have time to color and have time to paint. And now I look for opportunities to do that. Last year, I took um, a figure drawing class in the city and it was so amazing. It was such a great experience. It was such a core memory for me of taking a figure drawing class as an adult. And um, I started just doodling more. I bought actually an adult coloring book which is literally just minimalist art book with aesthetic (laughs) designs and stuff that you can just color and it sounds really silly but as somebody that often gets overstimulated it was such a great thing for me to have and I have it on my desk so you know sometimes after I'm done with my work day and I just need a little decompression that does not involve a screen I will just bring that out and I'll just give myself five minutes to color in some random design and just feel like that that simplicity of like I'm doing this there is literally no return on investment of me coloring in this right now but it really allows me to just connect to my inner child and not feel embarrassed or not feel awkward or like oh why am I doing this like I'm doing this because not everything needs to be turned into an LLC okay I know LLC Twitter will say otherwise, but I don't think that every single hobby needs to be monetized. And having hobbies that are not monetized is so important. It's underrated. You don't have to monetize every single thing that you enjoy. You can do things just because you like them and they're fun. Point blank, period. And another affirmation is I that I love and that I use still to this day, is my imperfections deserve to take up space too. And this is especially for the inner teen. The inner teen for me was 12, 13 years old, 
did not have the best fashion sense, but definitely thought I did and had braces and listened to a mix of pop and alternative rock and rap music and was just like a suburban like collection of different identities in one (laughs) while also being first generation American. So I was such a, I was definitely an awkward teenager. And I think those parts of me are still there and they always will be, but you know, those imperfections and that quirkiness again, that deserves to take up space. And I, I guarantee that that part of you that's so weird and awkward when you are 30 or older or 25 or however old you are, you're going to look back and be like, actually, that was pretty cool. It is pretty cool that I had, you know, a rock collection. It is pretty cool that I collected baseball cards. It is pretty cool that I battle rapped. You know, it doesn't matter. It's whatever your quirkiness is. It's embracing that part of you and keeping that spark alive because likely that is the part of you that is the most creative. And to end this, I want to share some inner child practices and inner teen practices that you can try this week. Again, this will be in the newsletter as long with the along with the journal prompts that I'll share. So inner child practices for this week is number one, to carve out at least one hour, one hour, it doesn't have to be five, doesn't have to be six, one hour this week for rest, meaning taking a nap, for play, which is could be anything to you, it could be watching TV, it could be playing with your puppy or your pet if you have a pet, whatever play means to you, or creativity for this week, each day this week, if you can. That's first practice. Another practice to connect and nurture with your inner child is to find old pictures from your younger years and create a collage of your best memories. A lot of times, especially if we've had difficult or rough childhoods, we can completely overshadow our our entire childhood by those memories or those um, negative experiences. And that is completely valid If you do have positive experiences or you do have positive memories from your childhood, try to remember those things. Try to remember those aspects and create something tangible. And it could be a photo album. It could be something that is digital. But whatever it is for you, creating something that honors your younger self is really a beautiful way to connect with your inner child and to never forget that that person is alive still, even though you're you're looking at the five-year-old version of you and you might be 25, 27, however old you are, that that's five-year-old you is just you 22 years ago or 25 years ago. It's still a part of who you are in your existence today. Um, another practice that is a really beautiful way to connect with your inner child and your inner teen is to write a letter to your younger self and tell them how far you've come. I do this. I tend to do this on my birthday every year. I wrote um, myself a letter from my younger self. I mean, to my younger self from my current self, which sounds like time traveling, which I mean, astral projecting. Anyway, (laughs) if you're into that, if you know, you know. But one way that I have been able to connect with my inner, my younger self or my inner child is to write myself a letter and just say like how proud of myself that I am and how much, you know, I 
really have learned from my different experiences and how safe I feel and all the things that I wanted and and just kind of being able to get outside of your head and really remember like listen if you've had a rough childhood and you are able to take care of yourself today and you are taking care of maybe not even just yourself but other people and you prioritize your peace I'm so proud of you because that's so hard that's so difficult and I think it's worth acknowledging when we do things that are really difficult and challenging and you should be proud of that so I always write myself a letter on my birthday and I did this past year Um, And it's just a great way to remember that aspect of yourself. And last but not least, um, another practice that you can try for this week to connect with your inner child and your inner teen is to say yes to at least one thing that you've been afraid of embracing this week. Again, because our inner child and our inner teen is often the version of ourself that is a lot more fearless, that doesn't let fear overcrowd or can you know can allows themselves to just be and exist without putting so much limitations on ourselves that is why saying yes to something that you've been afraid of is really a, a, an awesome way to to connect with that inner child and you know whether it's something like asking someone out on a date that you've been eyeing or applying for a job that you feel like is out of your league or starting to put together your business plan, whatever it is, do something this week that you have been afraid of because your inner child is going to think that you're so cool and you're so dope for actually doing it and not being scared. And that is what it's all about is is connecting to the aspect of ourself that is fearless, that is curious, that does not worry so much about the outcome or the result and is able to invite that spontaneity or that fearlessness in our lives stays day to day. So I hope that this episode was helpful for you and gave you a well-rounded view of what your inner child is and, and who your inner teen is as well and ways that you can connect. Um, again, Feel free to sign up for our newsletter so that you can get those journal prompts into your inbox. And if you love this episode or you love the podcast, again, please, please feel free to leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple. A lot of you have already, and I definitely appreciate you, but we invite you to, you know, share this with someone you love and... Tag us on Instagram at the Soft Life Pod and on TikTok at Sadie Baddies or at the Soft Life Pod on TikTok, Pinterest, Twitter, all of the things. Um, sending you so much love and ease, and I will see you next week. Stay, stay soft. To stay connected, join Sadie Baddies on Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, and more, and sign up for our monthly newsletter on SadieBaddies.com to stay in the loop. Sending you hella love and stay soft, Baddie.